You're listening to the Earn That Body Podcast, episode number 198. Welcome to the Earn That Body Show with Kim Eagle. Kim is an award-winning personal trainer. She trains her clients all over the world online and is passionate about empowering people by getting fit and healthy. Welcome back, everyone. This is Kim Eagle with the Earn That Body Podcast. Today is an Ask Me anything episode about once a quarter I like to do this hopefully you follow me on social media earn that body on Facebook or Instagram and what I do is I ask my followers if you have any personal questions for me that you would like to know and then I answer them all in the ask me anything podcast today we're going to be answering questions or I should say I'm going to be answering questions that range from what are my go-to workout socks how do I run earn that body how did it come about Um, How do I handle eating out? Do I do anything different? Do I practice what I preach? Uh, How about also someone asks, how come someone over 60 can't do your programs? I talk about that and maybe if they can. That and a few more questions about me and how it pertains to my life or fitness, nutrition, health, all of that after this. And now it's time for the Eagle's Eye on Health. These are Kim's quick tips, latest health news, or piece of weekly inspiration. In today's Eagle Eye on Health, I have an article about body image and social media. This comes to you from Idea Fitness Magazine, and what they say is that new findings show negative impact among young women. A recent study provides more evidence that body image suffers when young women view photos of attractive peers on social media. Imagine that, everyone. It's a tough time to grow up, I can definitely tell you that. Now, York University researchers in Toronto found that young women aged 18 to 27 who actively engaged with pictures of attractive female peers felt more negative about themselves afterward, even if they felt bad about themselves before the study. Study author Jennifer Mills, PhD, associate professor in the Department of Psychology said, We really need to educate young people on how social media use could be making them feel about themselves and how this could be linked to stringent dieting, eating disorders, or excessive exercise. There are people who may be triggered by social media who are especially vulnerable. Lead study author, candidate in clinical psychology says fitness professionals can help clients by sharing with them the message that comparing yourself to social media images is likely going to make you feel at least slightly worse about your body afterwards. Arm clients with this knowledge so they can pay attention to their own momentary reactions and feelings if they choose to engage with such images. Limitations of the study included its small sample size, it was only 118 students, and the fact that the sample was drawn from only one university. The YU researchers recommended that future studies look at the impact of active social media engagement on young men's body image and whether certain individuals are more affected than others. I mean, I think we all know that social media is impacting all women, in my opinion, uh, in a negative way when it comes to body image, but especially our young girls. The teenagers are looking at what their peers are doing on social media. They're looking at 
their pictures of friends in bathing suits. They're looking at their friends post their food now. It's very interesting for me to see what teens are posting. And I'm getting to see a little more of this because I actually, I will not actually work with teenagers. I, I don't work with anybody 18 and under, primarily because that is an age, especially for girls, that an eating disorder can easily come up. And what I don't want to do is have young teen girls be logging their food and obsessing about every calorie and obsessing about their weight. So I don't actually work with 18-year-olds, or I should say under 18, but what I do is I do a lot of especially now I should say, their online consultations with moms and their teen daughters. And what I do is I do an hour education about how much a teen girl should be eating, especially if they're an athlete, how to balance the food, how to still enjoy sweet treats, how to really live a normal life with real food. And that way it can help them understand eating and have the education So I do consultations with moms and their daughters, but I don't help the young girls. But I brought that up because I've now been doing this for several people lately who have some teenagers who were having some eating issues or they wanted to lose weight, but I said I wouldn't work with them, but I would do a consultation. And then I got to see some of their Instagram pages. um, And then I have friends with teens that I follow and my son's you know, friends that I follow and I see what teen girls are posting. And it's really interesting to me because I actually had this one client say that she is sort of, she was saying that she posts food on Instagram. She's very into health and nutrition. And she says, I eat way more than what I post. And I can't believe how little people eat on Instagram because I see their posts. I see what other girls are eating and they're barely eating anything. And I'm starving if I eat that much. And I kind of stopped her in her tracks and I said, well, wait, wait a minute. So you post a picture of a serving size that you actually eat way more of. And she says, yes. And I said, but why do you think all the other girls aren't doing the same thing? And she's sort of like, got quiet. I want every mom and every teen girl and everyone to know that whatever someone posts on social media is not probably true. Or it's possible that it's not true. I know a lot of fitness models. I know a lot of fitness professionals that yes, you follow who say they do A, B, and C to look the way they look. And then I find out from someone else that that is not what that person does. That person starves themselves before a photo shoot and does all these unhealthy things. Don't trust social media. So whether you're a teen, whether you're a mom trying to help a teen, just remember social media in itself is just like one big spray tan. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's like one big spray tan making everybody look amazing and how they look and how they eat. And it's just not always true. So especially important for our young girls because they look at social media and they potentially think that that's the truth and that's what they have to do. And it can really lead to some, some problems. I'm so happy I did not grow up 
with Instagram when I was that age. I can't imagine what it could have possibly done to me. I was a dancer and I did not have an eating disorder, which is a miracle in itself. But gosh, if I did social media, who knows what extra pressure that would put on me. So something to think about. But now ask me anything. I have some great questions today from clients and followers and people who wanted to know a few things about my life and how I live a healthy life and how I run my job and things like that. So we're just going to break right in. The first one, pretty easy one, Karen Salter. Thank you so much for giving me the question. She wants to know what are my go-to socks? Well, I'm assuming you mean my go-to workout socks and that would be features spelled F-E-E-T-U-R-E-S. Those are my favorite running socks. Those are pretty much all I wear for running. Um, Bike socks is a little bit different. Biking socks, I don't really have a favorite brand. It just has to be a thin biking sock. But features are by uh, by far my go-to sock. Susan Burton had a question. She said, when you moved to Austin, did you envision Earn That Body as it is today? or has it grown organically to become what it is? So I moved to Austin 10 years ago, and when I moved, I was leaving California where I had some clients who were devastated that I would no longer be able to teach them BOSU class and teach them cycle class and help them with nutrition. And that is when I created Earn That Body and said, I can give you all the workouts you need. I can still watch over your nutrition. I can do it online. So when I moved here, that is when Earn That Body was created. I tested it out for one month with the clients that I had from California, and it worked amazingly. And in 10 years ago, there were no online fitness instructors. There were no online nutrition. I I really paved the way I would look for, was anybody doing this? Nobody was doing it 10 years ago, which is crazy because now everybody's doing it, right? (laughs) So I am blessed that I got in very early in this industry. So I didn't really even have a plan for Earn That Body. Like it just evolved, as you said, it just sort of evolved organically. It started with me continuing working with clients in California. And then thanks to Facebook, which was way different 10 years ago, all my clients would post their before after pictures and I would get a flood of new clients because Facebook back then didn't limit who saw your posts. So before after pictures were huge back then and it boomed my business super fast to the point that I actually was in sales for a franchise company when I moved here and earned that body took off. So I quit that job and just ran Earn That Body on its own, and it continued to grow and grow and grow year after year. So yeah, it sort of grew organically. I didn't have the vision that it would be what it is today, but I can tell you that I feel very, very blessed that it has become what it is today. Then uh, Susan asked, what is your proudest client moment or client transformation story? Well, you probably would think it's like, oh, the client who lost the most amount of weight. Now, I do have some clients who lost a tremendous amount of weight. 50 pounds is a lot of weight. 80 pounds is a lot of weight. I have helped clients do that. 
But it's actually not, I'm not more proud of those people than the person who lost five pounds. It's actually harder to lose five pounds than it is to lose 80, if you know what I mean. I'm mostly proud when a client tells me that I touched their life, I changed their life, or even more when they say things like, I changed their relationship with food. Then I know I've done my job. I always tell people, I say it in so many podcasts, I really don't want to help people with weight loss. I want to help people live a healthier life. And if I can educate people on how to eat healthy and balanced and how to work out in a way that benefits their body, they will feel amazing. And from that, weight loss happens. When you put it like that, that is my goal. And when I touch someone's life and they say, you changed my life, you changed my behavior with food, like those are the comments and the people that make me feel just so good and proud about what I do. So, um, and there've been several, I, again, I'm so blessed. There's not one particular client who has said those things to me, but many, and it is just my goal to help more and more people feel that way. And then the question is, what is your favorite of all your Earn That Body programs? Well, I have to say, I took a lot of time doing a huge revamp of my primary Earn That Body programs during this COVID time, partly because of COVID, because people needed to get back on track and they didn't have as much money. Like definitely COVID has impacted everyone and it's a little scary right now financially for a lot of people. So I wanted to cut the program back to not be 10 weeks long, but what if I made it half that time, five weeks long and cut the cost? When I did that, I completely revamped all of the program and now it includes the willpower workouts and it's really the most cohesive, comprehensive nutrition and fitness program that I've ever had. And it's working tremendously. I feel like people are getting better results now that the phases are shorter because maybe maybe they feel like, okay, this phase two is only three weeks long. I've got to give it my all for three weeks. When it's shorter, it seems like it's just a little more manageable. And so results that people are getting, I think, are the best that I've ever had. So my new favorite program is Earn That Body Phase 1, 2, and 3. And I feel like people are doing all three phases now, where before they used to do the 10-week Earn That Body. And then some would do Phase 2 and some would do Phase 3. Now that I revamped it so they're all shorter, it seems like almost everyone's doing all three phases. And the benefit of that, which was always my goal, is that I help you lose the weight, I help you put on muscle, and then I help you maintain. And you get all of that with the three phases. So I really am proud of the revamp of the program and and I see it's working for people. So that obviously makes me happy. Okay. What is your favorite mode of exercise besides running and why? Of course, when I first read the question, I was like, what is my favorite mode of exercise? Well, running is. And then she says, besides running. And I was like, oh, (laughs) so I love to run. That being said, I do think it's really important that I tell all people I'm actually not a great runner. Now, that being said, I I do want to speak positively about myself. I'm not saying I'm a bad runner. I'm just saying some people look at me and think physically I should be a, let's say, 330 marathoner. 
If you knew how many running coaches looked at my body and therefore thought I was fit enough, and they all say, you're a 330 marathoner. Okay, I have never been close to a 330 marathon. And so I only bring that up because running is my passion, not because I'm great at it, because it's challenging for me, because I'm not great at it. I would say I'm a good runner, but I really want to be a great runner. And that's why it's my favorite. A lot of people shy away from things they're not good at. I see running as my biggest challenge. And so I love it. But that being said, you didn't want to know about running. So my second favorite mode of exercise would be yoga. Now, the reason I love yoga is I don't want to say I don't love it more than running. Like I'd still always rather go out for a run, but I see the value in yoga. And I think everybody should be doing yoga as much as possible. Because when we do yoga, we are moving our body in ways that we don't move our body on a daily basis. So when we do extended angle or triangle pose, we're opening up the entire lateral side of our body. If I never did yoga, I would never be using the lateral side of my body. And where would that put me when I'm 60 years old, when I'm 70 years old? The more we use our body and move it in different ways to make sure that we are rotating every joint in all different directions, the more we are going to do better as we get older with things like getting up off the floor. I see way too many elderly people right now who say, oh, I could never get up off the floor. Like if I fall, I wouldn't be able to get back up. I never want that to be me. I think if everybody did yoga from the time they're a kid till the time they're old, there would be so much less elderly care needed because people would have constantly been working on their core in all different positions, working, you know, the mobility of all their joints. So much comes from yoga, not to mention, I think it is definitely a physical meditation. At least for me, it is a physical meditation. It's a mind and a body and a breathing workout. So I value yoga very, very much. I think it's very important. Um, okay, moving on, Megan Heredia. And I love when I say your guys' names out loud because I probably pronounce them totally wrong, but every time I see your lose it log or your email, just know that that's how I pronounce your name. So I don't know if Heredia is right, but that's how I say it. <laughs> Megan, okay, she says, I wonder about your business and how you do it, exclamation point, without giving up any secrets or magic, of course, but literally, how does a one-woman show keep track of all of us on so many different programs in so many phases and being so responsive to all of us? So I get this question a lot, and um, for one, I... I guess you could say that I am a workaholic. <laughs> My name is Kim Eagle and I am a workaholic. Um, that has pros and cons. The pro is that all my clients tell me things, or I say a lot of my clients tell me things like, you make me feel like I'm your only client. Like you respond immediately. Like you're always available. So the pro is that you feel that way, right? The con is that's not maybe the healthiest <laughs> For me, I have to cut back a little bit. And I have over the years, I have cut my hours where I'm like, I'm not answering emails after 7 p.m., 8 p.m. anymore, um, you know. So th there's so a little bit because I'm a workaholic that you feel like um, I keep everybody so on track. 
I have a system. It's not even like some major system, but you know, I definitely have all my clients laid out in sort of an Excel sheet and I go through everybody's food log every single day. I check in with every client. I know what week they're on the program because now all my programs are done as private sessions. It actually really helps me connect with everybody a little bit more. So that's another thing I sort of changed when I revamped the Earn That Body programs into the shorter programs is I no longer do groups. Groups always had to start on the same date. Not everybody can start on the same date. So what I did was now you can do any of my programs and start any Monday, but I take less clients now. So um, so I've usually sold out about three weeks ahead of time. Um, but it enables me to daily go through and discuss and reach out to each client each day. So I know where they are in each program and each phase and according to the sheets that I have. And, and also I, I ask my clients a lot of questions so I get to know them. And so that really, I don't need to have notes where I understand. And I'm a one woman show, so no one's answering my emails. So I know everything going on between you and me. I think one problem that some trainers and people who are really trying to expand their businesses to these mass levels is that they have to hire a ton of virtual assistants to be able to reach as many people as possible. I don't want to reach as many people as possible. I want to connect with people. And you can't do that with thousands of clients. Now, this is not good or bad. I just want a different kind of company. So I'll never be a millionaire, but I'm okay with that because I want a real connection with my clients. Now, another thing you ask is like, how do you create new content and your podcast and engage with the community and do your own workouts? How do you do it all? Well, I definitely have a very set schedule. Um, I wake up at like six every morning and I immediately go through all of my client food logs. It is my goal to get my feedback to my clients first thing in the morning about what they ate the day before so that they can make changes for that day. So that is the first thing I do. Um, it takes quite a bit of time because I go through everybody's food log. Uh, it keeps them highly accountable though, as you know, Megan. <laughs> um, and then I pretty much have breakfast, go check my garden. That's my new thing as well. I go check my garden in the morning and I do some breathing out there to sort of ground me. And then I get my workout in. Like that is my schedule is I start, I get one to two hours of work done in the morning. Um, I have breakfast and then I, then my workout happens. It's part of my day, it's in my calendar. I know what my workout will be. I'm always following a plan. And then I go back to work. And I work most of the day and I work out of the house. And so I also in my calendar just have, you know, today I work on my podcast, tomorrow I work on the newsletter. And then if I'm creating a new program that gets integrated into my calendar as well. So it's just about really having a schedule and committing to it. If I have it written in my calendar and if you saw my calendar, you'd probably die. I mean, it is literally like a million little tasks that I have to do and then I cross each one off. I'm a big checkbox person. All right, next question. Um, Megan also asked, how do you structure a typical day or week? Knowing these are not typical times though and so interesting follow-up would be how this pandemic has changed things for you and your business and how you've adapted. So as I said, I structure my day. I just told you what my day is like. 
Um, it's very scheduled, you know, so I work, I work out, I work, and then, you know, eat lunch. I already have dinner planned. Either I cook or my husband cooks. My days are very structured. My weeks are very structured just by that daily flow. What did COVID change in my days? Well, the benefit is I don't ever set an alarm anymore. <laughs> I used to have to set an alarm because my son would get up like at 5.30 and I often want to make sure that he has a proper breakfast because he's running so much right now and so I know that it helps him. So with COVID um, and him not being in school for so long, he got to run later and so I didn't have to wake up as much early. <laughs> so I haven't used an alarm clock, honestly, since COVID began and that part's really nice. Um, my business changed, as I said, I made some revamps to accommodate what people's needs were. But overall with COVID, my business is still doing very, very well. I think I was blessed in that I have an online business for the last 10 years. A ton of trainers out there had to create an online business when COVID started. It's pretty hard to just create that and be successful overnight. So I was really blessed and really lucky that this was already the business that I had. Everything I do is online. I work with clients all over the world. I train, um, so everything was ready to go. Cindy Hicks Gibson, her question this is a really good one, Cindy. She said, I've been looking at your Earn That Body programs. Why do you stop at the age of 60 for the recommended age? So on all my paperwork, it says you have to be 60 or under. Why is that? Well, this is online training, and most of my training is not actually done live, meaning I'm not on a one-on-one -on -one call with you, virtual video, where I'm watching you and your form when you do the workouts. Now, that being said, during COVID, I have started doing some personal training online. It's super fun. Um, if you're interested, I don't highlight it because I just don't know how many clients I could possibly take. But if you're interested in a, a true virtual workout session with me, let me know. It's not even on the website. Um, but when I'm working with someone 60 and over, I feel that form is so important. If I'm going to tell you to do jumping jacks or squats or I start to worry at the age of 60 and up if you don't have that background in how to do all these things properly. Now that being said, a lot of people at 60 and older are super fit and know how to do everything probably better than me. The other issue is that things change nutritionally as people age. And so I just don't specialize in older nutrition, like older people's nutrition. I do take people who are over 60 if they are physically fit, physically active, have no illness, no diabetes, um, you know, and no injuries. So I do make exceptions, but on the whole, I would say 65 is like a limit, although there's some clients out there that are saying, I'm 70, you took me. <laughs> I've also worked with those people for many, many years before they were 70. Um, but it's, it's on a case-by-case -case basis. So truly, my things that I am concerned about and that are also a liability insurance issue for me is that when you are a certain age, I just 
have more concerns that you should be working with a live personal trainer so they should make sure that your form is fantastic. Not that I don't want that at all ages, but I can't have someone come to me at 60, 70 years old who's never worked out and they don't even know what a deadlift is and be able to tell them through a quick video demo. And so that's one issue. And then, like I said, nutritionally, there are some differences that my older clients... um, have to do a few things differently. Different sodium levels uh, is one for sure. We use different percents sometimes as well. So there's just some differences and it's not my specialty. So it's done on a case-by-case basis. And that being said, Cindy, you're someone that I could easily take on and earn that body if you ever want to. You're a super fit woman. All right, another question. Let's see, I have just a couple more. Um, oh, here's, here's one, the final one, actually. So Brenda Bernal asked, how do you eat when in a social setting? Dinner served and it's barbecue, she says. Every weekend is disrupted and then I feel like I have to start over. She says alcohol is not an issue, but food is an issue for her. So this is an issue for so many people. I just want you to know, Brenda, this is not just you. This is an issue for so many clients and so many people. They work out during the week, they eat healthy during the week, and then their weekends are just sabotaged by social engagements and eating out, um, going to their mom's house, and she cooks with so much butter and da 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 da. And it undo- you think it undoes all your hard work. Really, it doesn't undo all your hard work. The issue is it has so much sodium in it that the next day you're up like three to five pounds, but you didn't gain three to five pounds of fat, just so you know. It's it's water retention, and if you can get back on track the next day, it's going to come right off. If you literally eat poorly for Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, yeah, over time, that is going to add up. And so I definitely try to help my clients find a healthy balance. Like, yes, I eat super healthy Monday through Friday, and then I lighten up on the weekend. And when I say lighten up, though, I'm not saying I eat a whole pizza on Saturday and I eat a whole chocolate cake on Sunday. I just have a couple sweet treats during the weekend. Like Saturday and Sunday, I for sure either have like ice cream or some cookies. I don't have the whole bag, though. But I have sweet treats. I have... um, glass of wine or a beer at least two or three times a week and that's on the weekend and that's it so I feel like you can find ways to still enjoy those things without overdoing it but when it comes to how do you go to the dinner party well I just did a podcast episode number 194 called how to manage the dinner party so definitely check that one out it was just a couple weeks ago and I give you some tips on that one Episode number 94 was called 15 Healthier Food Swaps When Eating Out. So it's a really good idea if you are going to eat out that maybe you can make the better choice sometimes. It's usually like make the best of the worst choices. That's going to help you as well. And then the seventh podcast I ever did, number seven, was 10 Tips for Weight Loss When Eating at a Restaurant. So definitely, Brenda, check those out, number 794 and 194, because I give a lot of tips in there about how to do it. 
Uh, if you need to find those podcasts, you can always look on iTunes. Just search the Earn That Body podcast and scroll down to 794 or 194. I also have all my podcasts listed on the Earn That Body page on the podcast tab. So you can even scroll all the way down and see all the podcasts I've ever done. But those three are very specific. It can be done, Brenda. I know it's hard. Um, and it also depends on what your goals are. Like if you're trying to lose weight, you might have to minimize how social you are on weekends. Like maybe limit it to one eating out enjoyment on the weekend. If you're just maintaining weight, you know, maybe you're going to go out twice. But when you're trying to lose weight, yeah, you got to, you have to work a little bit harder, be a little more strict. I always say it's harder to lose weight, but then when you go to maintain, things lighten up a little. You actually get to eat more calories in the maintenance phase. So it's a little bit easier to maintain, but again, it just depends what your actual goals are. So thank you all for the great questions today. I hope that sheds a little insight on some of the things about me, about my business about my socks. (laughs) Always follow me on Instagram, earn that body on Instagram or the Facebook page as well. I try to give daily inspiration, videos, tips for ab work, all kinds of stuff. And make sure you're on the newsletter list because once a month my newsletter goes out that has a new recipe, a new workout, so much good inspiration and information that you can find. If you're not on the newsletter list, go to earnthatbody.com forward slash newsletter so that you can get on it. I can tell you right now, if you're already a client, you are already on the list. If you don't get the monthly newsletter, it goes to your spam. So make sure you whitelist my email address. And that's it for today. I hope you're doing great. I hope you're staying safe out there. Keep wearing your mask. And I will talk to you next week with the Earn That Body podcast that is always here to bring you health, fitness, and nutrition information you can put into play right away. For more information about Kim Eagle's online programs, go to earnthatbody.com or check out Earn That Body on all forms of social media, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and YouTube.